Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Lovey. I'm hosting Loving That Sports Talk, and uh, I don't know what it is. I'm just smiling today. I got my guests in the studio. <laughs> uh, everybody out there, you know, um, I had a, he was on my show a while ago, and um, he was bragging about, you know, sitting, sitting back in Hawaii, 85-degree um, weather, but I got Chris McMillan in the studio. You there, Chris? I'm here, man. It's good to be back again. I'm I think it's my second time on your show, and every time I do it, uh, I have more fun with it. So I appreciate you having me back, on, uh, back, back in the studio. Well, I appreciate you being here, <clears throat> sitting down in the studio, you know. And um, I got to say this, you know, on the air, you know, like, you're not sitting on 85-degree weather now, you know. So, you know, I know she knows when you'll see, you go, man, it's hot here. You remember it being hot? I don't remember. I, I lived here for five, six years, and I got off the plane on Saturday. I'm like, man, it is hot in Arizona. And this 93, 94 is just not for me anymore, so... I think Hawaii spoiled me a little bit too much because I'm used to that ocean breeze coming <laughs> off and hitting me in the face. Well, you know what? When you were <laughs> on my show before, you know, I had a great time talking with you, and I'm glad you're still now. Now we're going to go at it, you know. <laughs> okay. You're sitting there telling me you worry about me. And you know, I'm, I want your mind today. <laughs> I want your mind. I'm, I'm going to pick with you, you know. <laughs> I get nobody else to pick with you. was on the phone. But you know what? We can start off, you know, like you said, um, you know, tell our listeners what you're doing all that because, you know, they always want to hear at the beginning what, you know, and who, who you are. Sure. Um, well, I graduated college in uh, 2003. I played at the University of Wyoming. Uh, Four-year starter there. I had the chance to win two conference championships. Uh, I had a chance to play in the NCAA tournament. Um, when I got done playing, I was kind of burnt out. Uh, I left uh, Wyoming for Arizona where I lived for six years. Uh, I actually ran and was in charge of health clubs. Um, their personal training departments. Uh, about two years ago, I, I started missing the game of basketball, and I, uh, it's, it's a crazy story, but I actually uh, Google searched and called every coach that recruited me or I played for uh, throughout my high school career and my four years of college, and it was about 27 names. I got to the last name on the list, said, hey, I'll do whatever it takes to get in. I had my first job in Louisiana, and then my second job now uh, at the University of Hawaii, so uh, it's a great story. It's a grind. It's fun, and I'm um, having a good time with it. You know, and 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 that's what we like, Chris. You you, you had that perseverance, you know, to keep going because you know what you want to do. I mean, that's the thing. You know, a lot of times people have dreams, and you know, they they, they want to chase those dreams, but they just don't really know what it takes in order to get there. You know, and 
I was at the point in my life where I just wasn't going to take no for an answer, and I was going to find a way to get my foot back uh, in the college basketball door, and that's what I did. You know, I worked for nothing my freshman year or my my first year back in because I, I just didn't care, and I saw the big picture. So, uh, persevering is just about you know constant movement in the right direction, and eventually something good will happen. Well, and, and that's what's good. I want you to elaborate on that more because. For the younger kids, you know, we're older now. You know, I'm <laughs> you're, you're not, older I'm now. <laughs> we'll put that on there. Yeah, I am older. Yeah, 29 now, but anyway, <laughs> what would you tell, like I said, you know, I love to help, you know, younger kids that are listening. What you tell them about what you did to keep going your dream, you know, and your goal? How would you tell them? Because there are so many roles that, like, like you said, you had to call. It was the last one on there. Yeah. You know, what would you say to get frustrated? Because. You know, I know you, but I get frustrated when I'm doing things now, and I don't see it's going the right way, and I want to give up. Right. You know, you know it's hard, and uh, it's real easy to give up. You know what I mean? That's why, you know, as far as success is concerned, you know, there's far um, less people um, that are extremely very, very successful because a lot of people don't have that that drive and, and that, yeah. that grind to just kind of stick to anything through thick and thin. And, I mean, if you know you're going to fail two, three, four, five times, so, you know, sometimes as long as you continue going and just grind and do what you do, as long as your, uh, you know, will to succeed outweighs your fear of failure, you know, you're, you're going to be fine. So I would just say to any kid, you know, don't let anybody tell you what you can and cannot do and just go out there and make things happen, you know what I mean? Just do whatever it takes every single day to get that much closer to your goal until you actually reach it. But when you're on that road, Chris, and like they say, some detour you, what do you do? I mean, you know, you get to where you're like, man, this ain't going to work. You try and go, what do you do? Do you think, how do you keep yourself focused, what I'm trying to say, you know? Cause I mean, for me it was easy because <clears throat> I left basketball once, you know, when I graduated I realized that I didn't want to be around basketball anymore. You know, I mean, I, I broke my leg, and you know, my goals and dreams of playing, you know, in the NBA or, or whatever, they were just over. You know, what I mean, so I think for me, the the reason why it was easy for me to get back into it and stay on path of then eventually getting to the goal of of being a coach and being back around college basketball was I lived the other side. You know, I lived for six years working from nine to nine, Monday through Friday, half a day on Saturday, bound by quotas. Uh, not having any vacation time and so knowing that I, di- I didn't want that anymore you know what I mean I wanted so much more for my life and I just knew basketball was it so because I had lived uh, again in an industry where I didn't want to be long term that was what pushed me you know what I mean because again I knew if not for college basketball or going back into coaching I'd be in a job very similar to that because I was in sales and you know sales jobs are 60 70 hours a week and you're bound by quotas and it's tough, you know what I mean? So, again, for me, it was just not one to go back and live, um, you know, in the industry as far as career that I was uh, doing previously. Now, what would you say, um, Chris? I mean, I'm amazed. I didn't know all this with you. I'm learning. <laughs> okay. You, <know? laughs> you really got me intrigued because um, what would you say that to where, like with me and like with you, you want to play in the NBA or in, in the NFL, and that don't happen. How did you feel? I mean, you know, when I played, I only played two years. After I got hurt, I couldn't play more. Right. I was done. Yeah. I mean, mentally, you couldn't tell me nothing. My mind was, what do you, how did you accept that? Because you didn't want to play in the NBA, right? Yeah, I mean, my goal what was. What would you tell a young kid? That's why I want to say that don't succeed that goal. Right. You know what? I, I would say uh, just be humble about it. You know, I, I learned a lot about myself, you know, when I was growing up. And I learned, I, I love the game of basketball. I mean, it, it put me through college and it gave me so many things coming up as a kid. And I got to, you know, see the world and, and the whole nine. But what I realized is, 
it, it wasn't so much the NBA I think I wanted to play in. It was the lifestyle that came along with it. Yeah, and, exactly. and, and, and you can't have that. And I say that to say, you know, I, I probably didn't work as hard as I could have in college. You know what I mean? I, I spent my Friday nights and weekends doing what all college kids did and hanging out and instead of being in the gym. You know, I've had the opportunity to be around some top 10, 25 programs, you know, after the fact. And those guys that are pros and that are making it, those guys are in the gym Friday, Saturday nights, getting up shots, playing. Like they, they live it, they eat it, they breathe it, they drink it you know, after practice or playing, and that just wasn't me, you know what I mean? I was a good college player, and I did enough what I had to do to get by and then be successful, but I didn't take it to that next level. And, uh, you know, for the kids that, that don't make it, you know what I mean, or they're, they're, they doubt they're going to make it, you just got to put that much more time in. So and just in case you don't make it, you don't have the regrets of not working as hard as you could have. That's funny you said that when you said that, you you know, one I want to elaborate once you said was um, you wanted that lifestyle. And that's what I was doing. I was trying to get my parents in another house and like that, you know. And second thing was, didn't work out. When, like I tell everybody on the air, when I got to the Eagles, I felt I made it and I relaxed. Right. All the work I put in to make it, I stopped doing that and I got hurt and I was done. Right. So you made a good point when you say you didn't work as hard to do what you had to do. You got all these players that's in the gym at night or, or like on the field, you know. But what was that? I mean, you wanted to, but you just thought you were too talented? No, you know. Were you really it, cocky? Be yeah, honest with you, Chris. No, it, it wasn't that. You know, I just think, you know, when you're 18, 19 years old, you just, you kind of lose focus. You know, we, we were winning as, as a program, you know. We, we never won anything less than 20 games. You know, things were going good. You know, you just, hindsight's always twenty twenty. You don't ever realize until after the fact, man, I could have been in the gym X amount of hours here, or I, I, instead of you know going out Friday, I could have been in the gym Friday night, right. and same thing Saturday morning, and again, if there's just but, hours weren't put in. But that's hard to say, Chris, because I know when I got to Wyoming, I was wow, you know, because right. you like you're free, <laughs> right? So you got that time. Like, I know what you're saying. We did it too. We was right. out every night, the Diamond Horseshoe. <laughs> you know, talking titties. Was that round when you was in Wyoming? It was all there, but, yeah, you know. Yeah. But I know what you're saying. We want. You want that freedom because, you know, before when you prepare, you don't have it, right? Right, right. Well, you know, when I, when I say we was out, we wasn't out, you know, again, I, I didn't, I wasn't a big drinker when I was in college, but we were just kind of out. <laughs> <laughs> we were just kind of out socially, you know what I mean, and just right. having a good time. And um, I just think it's easy to kind of to kind of get off course, yeah. you know what I mean? And uh, now when you're a really, really talented athlete, you know, I mean, you can get away with things like that, but when you're not as gifted as, you know, say those guys playing at Duke and the Carolinas and the SECs and all that stuff, you've got to work that much harder, you know what I mean? And, and the guys that you see that's going to come up in the draft this year who are low-major guys who go on draft but make a team, those are the guys that put the hours in when they were right. supposed to. Well, and that was me. Like you say, those people, they're going to work harder because they weren't drafted. And, then, and that's what I did, you know. Um, I was at Wyoming where I went to Juco. My time was so great. I Effort wasn't there. Right. Got to Wyoming. My town was so great. When I got to the Eagle, there was somebody better than me. Right. I, mean, I had to work, you know. But then I relaxed and like got cocky. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna do nothing else. I'm yeah. here and and you That's don't the do way that. It goes. You got to keep working. No matter. It's like a regular job. Yep. It really keep is building. The, you know. It's funny. You know. As fast as it can come in, it can go away that yeah. much faster. You know. There's the. I look, I look at Hasim Tabit, you know, who was the big man, 6'11", 7-foot center for UConn mm. two, three years ago. You know, he gets drafted third in the draft. I don't think he's played, it, you know, about 10, 15 minutes in the league. You know I mean? Now, he's going to get his guaranteed money, but yeah. after that, you know, it's done. So 
thousands of players out there like that. You know, the most important thing is making sure you separate yourself from, you know, the good ones to the great ones. Well, how would you separate yourself? You know, I'm on you today, Chris. <laughs> you should have came in the studio. <laughs> I love this, you know. Okay. <laughs> uh, how are the, like, um, uh, when I go back, I grew up in a neighborhood that wasn't, you know, all that. It was like a one a wealthy neighborhood, poor. How you separate your friends and not doing the right thing and then steal your friends? You know what I'm saying? Like, now, nah, I mean, you, you're just successful, right? You're doing, but when you come back home and then all these guys, like when I go back to Chicago, some of the guys still on the same corner, you know, sure. doing, asking for money to drink and all like that. <clears throat> How do you not be their friends and want to be, you know, do that make you better than them? <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. No, know? I understand what you're saying. I think, uh, I think when you're younger, that's hard to do. You know what I mean? When you're 15, 16, you know, even I would come home after my freshman year of college mm-hmm. and I have guys that, not that being a, you, you have to go to college after high school, but... Right. You know, some guys that just went straight into the workforce and they were still doing the drinking and partying. And, you know, they're still your friends, but they, just have, they have to go on in a, you know, I talk about having kind of an internal shelf. They got to go on, on, on a different shelf, you know what I mean, as far right. as where they're going to fall in the hierarchy of uh, how important they are to you. You know, yeah, you still love them, but there's just certain things that, that you can't be involved in, you know what I mean? So I, I, tell, I tell anybody as you get older, you know, my, my parents would always tell my, both my mom and dad, like, you know, the friends you have now growing up, when you're in your teens, won't be the same friends you have when you're in your 20s. And right. I mean, for me, I'm just fortunate. I have a great group of friends, you know what I mean? They're all very, very successful. They all do their thing, you know what I mean? Um, from a business standpoint, yes, they have their fun, but first things first, you know, my friends are about their business first. And I appreciate that because, you know, a lot of what I do and, you know, the grind I have is, is from watching those guys and, yeah. and those guys are very successful. So uh, for me, I'm fortunate. But again, for those that still have those friends that aren't doing the right things, yeah. you just got to be smarter than the situation. You know, that, that's the biggest thing. And, and understand what you want for yourself is the most important thing. No, you're saying you don't separate yourself from them? I mean, you acknowledge them. Because when I go back home, you know, I'm like, I'm always high, you know. I won't think I'm bigger and better than them. Sure. Speak to them, but I don't hang out with them, you know. You I don't know. talk with them, and, you know. I'm just smart about it, you know. I mean, if, if there's someone I know that's just into bad things and, you know, I, I can't be around it, then it, it's, hey, how you doing? You know, right. maybe have some dinner, but... Uh, just in that you know, kind of social environment with them, it probably won't happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Out in the clubs, things like that, because that's how bad things happen. But mm-hmm. still going to have love for them, and I'm still a person that you know he or she can call when you know when in doubt. So, well, hell, you know they call you when they want money. <laughs> I go back home and the same guy walk up down. She's like, "Hey, what's up, Jimmy? You back?" I'm like, "Yeah." Like. I hate to ask you, but I'm a quarter short with getting a beer. <laughs> that's, why I, that's, why I, that's why I never carry dollars or quarters right. on me. I always got my debit card, so I can't yeah. help anybody out. Yeah, it's like, I'll be like, man, I'm broke <laughs> like you. You got a quarter on me? I mean, it's funny how they do it, you know. Right. One. But, you know, it's great, though. What we're going to do, Chris, we're going to take a break. Then we come back, I want to talk to you about recruiting. What would you tell a young kid that got different schools? How would they accept different colleges, you know? Because sure. everybody come in and say you that dream. Yep. You know, but you got to pick the right one, and that's the problem they have these days. You got kids going to some school that not even playing or not even yeah. you know. Then they get upset, you know. Then, but I think the parents got to be involved with that too. Absolutely, uh, well, the, you just got to be smart about it. You know, I tell any kid, you got to go where the school wants you. Right. You know, what I mean, that's the most important thing. So we got Chris McMillan in the studio from Hawaii. <laughs> and it's James Loving hosting Loving That Sports Talk, and we'll be right back if you don't take off and go surfing on us. <laughs> be right back.
internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Super Bowl champ Lionel Dalton is taking to the internet airwaves with his own brand of sports talk. You'll go inside the mind of the players and find out if blacklisting really happens, what their thoughts are on training camps, where the former NFL players are now, and why being drafted by the wrong NFL team can kill a promising player's career. Lionel will also cover what's up with the Baltimore Ravens. Tune in to Sports Talk with Lionel Dalton live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. The Sports Mavericks show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is, this is James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk, and I got Chris McMillan all the way from... Hawaii in the studio. <laughs> I'm still here. Yeah. I bet he ain't talking about that stuff we used to talk about on the phone. 85-degree weather. <laughs> right, Chris? Uh, I think it's 90, 92 here today. Something like that, yeah. That's, uh, seven degrees is a huge difference, let me tell you. Is it? You, have, you forgot all about it here? I forgot all about it. It's, well, it's a dry heat out here, yeah. so it's a little bit different, but... Uh, Nonetheless, I'm enjoying being back in Arizona for a few more days, and uh, but looking forward to getting back to Hawaii for sure. That's good. Well, we we, we ended up. Uh, I want to talk to you about recruiting. I know you see players come <clears> in, you know, and like when I was being recruited, I was re- recruited by all the big schools. Like UCLA was one of them. I went to Boise State. I hit Oregon, but you know, I looked at it as where well, I'm gonna play. Yep. But some of the kids look at it as. Okay, um, big name school on TV, you know, and then when we get to play, and then they piss. What what would you say for that, Chris? You know, you see it a lot. You know, what I mean, and I would just tell any kid, you, you want to go where you're their number one um, choice. You know, and, and it's hard to kind of sift through that and 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 listen to you know who's telling the truth because they all pretty much sound the same. 
but you'll know, you know, ultimately, you know what I mean? It, anybody can go online, you can pull off a depth chart uh, of the school that's recruiting you to see who's, you know, their point guard, how many years does he have left, you know, who, who have they signed at point or forward. So mm-hmm. you just got to be smart about it. You have to ask the right questions, you know what I mean? You and your parents and your AAU coaches or whoever's helping you make the decision have to ask the right questions um, about who, you know, with who's recruiting you and, and just hope for the best. But go ahead. But yeah, you say that, you know, but. <clears throat> They would. They always come in and tell you you're the guy. Am I right? <laughs> you're the guy. You start, you know, but then you get in there like four of the guys they they sign. You like, damn. Well, and now you got to work for it, right? Which is okay. But you thinking you're the number one guy, right? Well, that's what I mean when I when you say ask the right questions. You know, if the coach is in front of you and you say, you know, you're our number one guy, you know, ask him. Well, who else have you signed, coach? You know, what I mean, he, he can't he can't lie to you. He's got to you know tell you the absolute truth. Right. So. Or you look at the depth chart, and if you see there's a, a sophomore that's already there and a freshman's already there, you know coming in you're the third guy yeah. because they've had a year there with the coach already. So, again, it's just asking those those hard questions and, and, and stepping outside your comfort zone and, and being prepared for the answer. You know what I mean? The, the, the school you may want to go to where your heart is may not be the best fit for you. Mm-hmm. And I, know, I always say, you know, when I was going through the process with my mom and my dad, they said, go where you're going to play. Right. And Wyoming for me was, was it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was fortunate enough to be a star there for four years and a lot of guys don't have that chance and that's what I tell kids you know if it wasn't Wyoming I don't mind going to a division three if I'm gonna play and be you know yep. it's about the playing time I thought you know? <laughs> you and, know? and you know everybody's different Every, the, the people like D1 because of the prestige that comes along with right. it and the TV games and the NCAA tournament and uh, you know the crowds that are involved. You know that, that's what's fun about it. And you don't really have that at the Division three level per se. So yeah. I see why guys want to go as high as they can on the D one level. But what I would tell guys is if you're a, a tweener and you're, you know, you could be a high major. There's nothing wrong with going mid major. You yeah. know, what I mean, going to a whack level school, Mount West level school, and being the man there. Because ultimately, you know. The better you play, the more minutes you get to you know to put in, and more points yeah. you score and assists, and the whole nine, the more chance you have of going on and making money at the next level, whether it be overseas or in the NBA. Again, the, the better you do in college, again, the better chance you have. So, you got to be smart about the decision. I, I argue with a friend of mine back in Chicago. Whack wasn't bad. <laughs> it really wasn't. You had it's BYU in there was always winning, you know, and well, football. Basketball, who was the school when he was, was always winning? It was Utah, Utah back when I was there. Utah yeah. was really good. BYU yeah. still was good. Um, UNLV was in the whack when I was there. So the whack wasn't that shabby. No, I mean, it, it wasn't bad at all. You know, people look at, you know, well, the whack, well, certain divisions, you know what I'm saying, is different from, like you say, the SEC and all sure. like that. It's different ball down there. It's, it's You got it, them eating alligators. <laughs> it's a lot different. Yeah. Well, that's just the difference. You know, your high major schools are your ACC, SEC, Big Ten, Big 12s. And then you go to, your, you know, your mid-major conferences, which would be considered the WAC right. and, and uh, not the Big West, but uh, Mount the West. Mountain, West. Mountain West. And then, on the, you know, the low major, you got your Big West, Big Sky, and so on. So, Again, it's just a matter of going where you think you can, you know, get the most amount of minutes and and, and really develop your game over the co- course of four years to hopefully uh, live out whatever dream you uh you may have. All right, um, you got average player coming out of college. I mean, out of high school, number one player. Uh, you got UCLA. <laughs> you got Nebraska. Let's throw in Florida. You got uh, Colorado State. Okay. Then you got Weber State. And he's the number one player in the country? Well, for high school, for out in a small town. Oh. 
Say Jackson, <clears throat> Jackson, Wyoming. <laughs> then he needs to go. I mean, you his dad. Yeah. <laughs> Where you gonna send him, Chris? If I'm his dad, and he's going to Weber State. That's just, what. Yeah. Yeah. Just because I understand that you know those schools like Florida, and Nebraska. You know, what I mean, they're recruiting the cream of the crop. You know, what I mean, and the twelfth man on their bench could go and be a star. You know, at a Weber State. So, again, for me, I, I know what kind of what I went through. Like, I want my son to be able to. Uh, when I have a son, I don't have any kids now. But I want my son or daughter to be able to come in and, and play right away and, yeah. and not get homesick and, and, and not feel like you made the wrong decision because, uh, you know, transfers happen. It's just part of the business and part of the ball game. But I like my son or daughter or, or any kid I deal with to be able to stay at the institution for four years and really get the full experience of it. Well, that, that's, that's kind of bringing me to another point, Chris. We have USC. You got, like, say, four running backs. Yeah, the fourth one don't even see no time, but he's still staying on that because he know when he get that if he get that one year he's going to the pro if he do right. anything. But he said three years where he did you know. W- would you agree with that? I, I mean, they stack with every position. I mean, and you see it like you know. You know what? As a coach, you know you talked about USC, so just Lane Kiffin, and obviously he's one of the top recruiters in the country. It's a sales pitch when you go into a kid's home. You know, what I mean, you explain to that kid ahead of time. You know, there's going to be four guys coming in. And I, I, what they probably do is there's going to be four guys coming into anybody's position. You know, what I mean, but what they do is you know you, you keep kids kind of on the back burner and keep them lukewarm and keep them happy. So when he does get that shot, he's going to perform for you at the best of his, his ability. Um, as a fourth running back, you got to hope for a couple injuries, maybe, or you just got to hope for when you have that, when you do get your chance, you have that breakout year. But you know, USC is known for their running back. So, yeah, but if, my point, what I was saying was a school like that, that a kid saying, "Well, hey, everybody go pro at that school, so right. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna wait." Would you would you advise that? I wouldn't do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I, I just enjoy playing, and that's just how I like. Yeah. I enjoy competing and being on the field. And, yeah, you want your team to win. That's the most important thing. But at the end of the day, you want to be out there contributing to that win. You know I mean? Not just in practice, but actually, you know, during the game and, you know, during the course of the season. So, um, me personally, I wouldn't do it. But, again, if there's a running back out there or a player out there who's okay with sitting three years and hoping for, you know, his senior year to be such a success, he goes out there and, and turns into a star. Then that's uh, that, that that that's up to him. That's just a chance they take him, right? It's a crapshoot. Yeah, it yeah. really is. I mean, it's a, it's a fifty fifty chance, and things could go well. Or after that fourth year, you know, you could you, you'll be working a, a traditional nine to five. But if you look at certain schools, um, I'm not that good with basketball. You can help me, but certain school in football, you just on the playing field, you going pro, like a USC, a Florida, sure. or. With basketball, it's the same thing with certain schools, right? You know, with some of the schools, you know, when you, when you talk about your top ten teams in the country, usually those guys have at least one or two guys that are, are going to go play in the NBA. But most of those guys, you know, the bottom, the, the top five, six, or seven will make money overseas just because of the, uh, the level of programming it is. You know, the, the coach is usually well-connected overseas and has a lot of contact. So when you talk about that, those guys are all going to make money somewhere. Uh, but maybe it's not in the NBA. But, I mean, they're, they're going to have a chance to make basketball their career for some time. Chris, but isn't that a kid dream? We're we going to buy it. We're going to pass. We ain't pro ball. That's what they dream of, right? That's what you dreamed of, right? Sure. And that's what I dreamed of. Right. That's the whole goal. That's the goal. That's what they straight line. It ain't no ifs, ands, or buts. <laughs> it ain't going to work at McDonald's. Or, sure. So what do you do? I mean, it's it's there. 
and they're seeing it now more days. You said the key word. I didn't even think of it until you said it. It's that lifestyle. Yeah. You said, and I did not think of that until you said it, but that's what I wanted, you know. <laughs> right. I wasn't no big car go rim. It was like hanging out and put to buy what you want. It's that lifestyle. It's dangerous. It's, it's kryptonite, you know what I mean? And, you know, all a kid can do is put the max amount of, maximum amount of effort in, you know what I mean? Do whatever it takes, you know, to attain that goal. If, if your goal is the lifestyle, then obviously, you know, you, you can attain that lifestyle by being a professional at something other than basketball, you know what I mean? So if basketball doesn't work out, you know, you got to focus on yet another goal in life that will help you get the things you want in life, whether it's take care of your family or buy a house or a car or you want to go on trips to the Bahamas, whatever it may be. There's other ways of getting it. It just may not be with basketball. So just because you don't make it doesn't mean your, your, your lifestyle, your, your, your true dream is gone. It just means you got to go a different avenue to get there. But, well, it's going to be a longer and harder sure. avenue, right, yep. than playing ball and all that money that right there, right? <laughs> just thrown at you. Right, right. Sure. You have to work. And, and that's what kids don't want now. They don't want to work. They want it right then and now. You know, we talked mm-hmm. about this last time. I just feel like when a kid goes through the grind and not having no money, and, and being broken, it comes in slowly. The more they get, the more they're going to appreciate and hold on to it. Uh, so often, new kids at 18, 19 get that big contract, and before you know it, the money's gone. Their spending habits are out of control. And when it's all said and done, they got no money left in the bank. So, um, again, anybody going through that grind of, of being broke first, embrace it, appreciate it, because know that if you do the right things, what's coming to you can be something so great that, uh, that, 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 that you can't even imagine. Well, they'll appreciate it till it's gone. Absolutely. You know, I know I was Philly, you know, I was spending like, <laughs> you know, I had on my like, wait a minute, this no supposed to happen, you know? <laughs> you know? You know? I'm going to get Happy Meals, you know? <laughs> and was not happy. Not happy at all, right? <laughs> you know, it's hard, you know. I, I, For me, coming to college, even in my 20s when I was working, I blame my mom for my bad spending habits at Do the time. And my, my mom was a shopper, <laughs> oh, and I was a shopper. Man, she's out there listening, I'm sure. <laughs> But, you know, I blame her. We would go to the mall and we would get out of control. My dad would be mad. But, I mean, you live and you learn, you know, and, yeah. you, and you go through those things and it's life lessons and, and that's what it's about. But you want to learn from those mistakes and do the right things when you can in the yeah. future. Well, shame on your mom make you spin <laughs> like that. Don't get mad at me, mom. <laughs> but, yeah, that is true, though. We learn some things and we still continue to do it, you know. And we got to blame somebody. You knew better, Griff. I knew better. I did know better. But I want to blame my mom, though, just for a little bit longer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wish your mom called (laughs) in. But what we got to do is we'll take another break. And uh, we got, you know what, Chris from Hawaii in the studio, you know. He came all this way, and we appreciate it. So we'll be back with James Loving. And uh, we got Chris McMillan. flagship station for sports voice america sports have we got a high energy all access sports show for you it's outside the huddle starring lemond williams each week join lemond as he takes callers discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business 
Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Henry, your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Long, back host of Love That Sports Talk. Uh, you're not going to believe it. We're going to walk in the studio in town. Robert Midget in. You hear Robert? What's going on? <laughs> My backup in here. <laughs> <laughs> we sit there, and he walked in, and Chris like, he played where I'm going to go, yeah. But we forgot, Chris was eight years old when we played. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was still playing with talking trucks, and you guys were playing football. <laughs> Mitch, you might be still wearing diapers now. <laughs> I'm looking over there. He said he's coaching, but I don't know. He got that baby face going over there. I see, I see some some little inside yeah. coming in. You were that young when we played well with me? I mean, in the 90s, yeah, I was nine, nine years old, man. I, I, matter of fact, I, don't know, I just probably started playing basketball in 1990. Oh, my God. He believes that, yo. You mean? I'm like. So let me ask you, when you guys played, did you guys have the face mask yet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've already got some cats going on here. Some, some, some do do you? We about to get some do you going on here. He wants to go. He want go there, bitch. He don't want to go there. He don't, don't want to go there yet. We, we just starting, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, go ahead, bitch. Tell everybody you in town. Well, look, man, I'm back in town. Uh, I just blew in, got my car. I'm like, I can make the show. <laughs> so I was flying over here. And I made it. <laughs> so it's home. It's home. <laughs> <laughs> but I forgot to tell you, man. Uh, just this past weekend, I was in 
New York City. New York City. All right, New York City. And I saw some horses, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, Midget, you got to remember, Midget got a problem. He comes to the studio. He wears a onesie. You know what that is? <laughs> Something's trapped in yeah. 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 Midget's like, where's that? <laughs> you, know, you know what? I, I couldn't come in a day in a onesie because I didn't know who was going to be up in yeah. there. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, uh, Eddie Murray who put the banana in the tailpipe. <laughs> I'm not gonna fall for that the banana, banana tailpipe. <laughs> you know what? Love, love just just wish he could wear one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got to do you, well, don't we, Chris? Don't we, baby, Chris? Oh man, here y'all go. We might have to take a. Uh, do you need burp right now, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> It's pick on Chris Day now, huh? <laughs> you know, babies in here. We got to watch this because babies can't say that. You know what I'm saying? Well, oh, I'm, I'm looking for a little passy. <laughs> yeah, the passy over there. Now, you know, but I'm glad you're here, man. So you jump on there. Um, we were just talking about, like, recruiting. Like, Chris was talking about recruiting. You asked your kids, you know, we asked them about what school would they pick. We decided, you know, we, the school that you want to let them play at. You know, I know you had to pick Wyoming. What was your other schools? Uh, the Naval it, it came down to Wyoming and the Naval Academy of all places. Naval, and man, I can't swim, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I figured Wyoming was my best bet. You wear those tight ass shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I ain't had a physique back then. I could I could wear I could wear that I could wear that stuff back then. Chris so. like that. <laughs> but, but, but it was uh, mostly regional schools. It was Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan, and University of Toledo. And uh, it came down to Wyoming because it was it was away from what I knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to go to Hawaii yeah. three <laughs> times, yeah. and uh, I got to see a different part of the world, you know. So uh, Wyoming was good for me. Well, we if we all on this and Chris basketball. What's up with this NBA with LeBron now? I, I'm hating it. I mean, I'm hating it, Chris. You know, is LeBron them gonna win it, and after what all <clears throat> everybody talked about him. You know, I just think Miami is gelling at the right time. You know what I mean? They got three Hall of Famers on the team. Dwayne Wade's been been there before. Uh, LeBron is physically the most dominant player in the league. And Chris Bosh is playing as good as basketball as he has, you know, this entire season. So Miami's going to win it all, and there's nothing anybody can do about it. <laughs> and like Chris was saying, they're gelling. Robert, why that don't happen with football team <clears throat> when they get all these star players and they can't win the Super Bowl? What's what's the difference? Is it, Chris say they're gelling? Or you got superstars, you're supposed to win it. In in football, you got too many people out there on the field. Too many yeah. things can go wrong. You got 22 players out there at the same time. That's a good yeah. Uh, you can't have one dominant player take over a game in football like you can in basketball. <clears throat> Just not gonna happen. So what you said has got to be a whole more of a team than you know, because you look at the teams in football like you know. Uh, what team to put that team again? I'm like, oh, they're going to blow everybody out. So uh, uh, Minnesota. When Minnesota got Brett Favre, then they got Randy Moss. I'm like, ain't no way. They already had a great – they're going to blow everybody out. What happened with that besides what Chris was saying with Miami? They put all these stars together. You you got you got so many different facets of the game. You got offensive and defensive lines. To me, that's where it starts. Then you have to have your quarterback and your receivers have to be on the same page. Uh, then you got to have your running back, a, a dominant running game. And it's just got to have so many different things fall into place in football for you to be a dominant team versus basketball when one player can take it over. Uh, I like to look at it this way. The, the fewer players you have on the field at one time, the, uh, 
the more dominant one player can be or take over. Uh, for example, basketball. You put LeBron on on the Detroit Pistons, and I don't want to hear none of y'all blowing on my boys. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and they would be, they'd be <clears throat> contenders. You know, you take a, a Brett Favre, or you take any quarterback in his day and put him on a bad team now, he may make them win one, maybe two games. But other than that, you know, he's, he's not on the field the whole time, so you, you, agree with you that, can't Chris? do it. I do agree with you that. You think one player besides uh, uh, on a, <clears throat> a lot of, you know, well, I mean, for example, uh, the, the Bengals signed, uh, you know, they, they had Ocho Cinco, and then they signed another the receiver, and everybody T-O. thought they were going to yeah. do so well, and, and it, it just didn't work out that way. I think the way Miami did it, you know, even though LeBron, you know, did it on TV and Cleveland didn't like it, those dudes all had one common, one true common goal was to win an uh, NBA championship, and they took less money to do it. Now, it wasn't a lot less money, but they, they all sacrificed something to do it. And the, the, the rest of the guys they put around each, around those guys all want to win a championship. So I just think Miami did it right, you know what I mean, as far as you know, assembling the right group of guys and spearheading it with LeBron and D-Wade. You just can't go wrong there. Well, what happened with that team? Remember they had um, Carl Malone, Gary Payton, the Kobe. You know where I'm going. What happened with that? They were older. They all great players, though. But they were all on the tail end of their careers. M- Malone, I-, I think, retired after that. Payton retired after that. But you know, you I mean, that was the last time. O'Neal and, and Kobe. You had young players, I mean, that could make the older players look good, right? Oh, man, that Isn't was, that what? But that was Brent, the 40 years old. Yeah. That's, that's the year the Pistons won, <laughs> Pistons guy over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we talk about the Pistons. The Pistons guy well, over here. Jordan and them used to do what they did to them. Well, you well, want to talk about the Pistons. Go ahead. Well, well, let me tell you about that. Uh, that year the Lakers did have, they had a young Kobe. Yeah. They remember young, Kobe was young, and Shaq, Shaq was in his prime. Mm-hmm. Or kind of on the tail end of his prime. But... Uh, what what the Lakers ran into was a, a a chemistry deal. It was it wasn't one person's team. It was either your Kobe guy or your uh, a Shaq guy. And then they they ran through the playoffs and they they met up with a team. I mean, if you think about it, I know I'm, I'm talking to the Pistons. That's my team, but they didn't really have any any superstars on that team. They had a team though, and then they met the Lakers, who didn't have. They didn't have their superstars playing on the same page. Well, man, I gotta disagree. There's a superstar on every team. Am I right, Chris? There is superstar There's a on every superstar team. on every team. At least two. Mm. Yeah, it is, Chris. He said no. You don't think so? There is, but every there's, a, te- there's a superstar that stars. Every team has their franchise player, but there's only five guys in the league that are true superstars. No, I'm just telling. Oh, you. LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Derrick Rose, Dirk Nowitzki, Kobe Bryant. And Kevin Durant. Do you agree with that? I, I do, and, and I wouldn't even put Kevin Durant in there now because you know he's on the yeah. end. He's 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 on the end. But I mean, those five. When you think about the NBA and where it's gone and where it's going in the future of it, it starts with those five guys right there. You know, I mean, yeah, you know, uh, Philadelphia has Iguodala, who's, who's mm-hmm. their franchise player, and Indiana has uh, Danny Granger, who's their franchise player. But I'm not putting those guys nowhere, you know, near the top 50 of, the, of guys ever to play the game. Where I put those other five guys, you know, right there in the mix. So of you got LeBron, Dwayne, Rose, Dirk, Dirk, and I forget the last one was I said. Kobe, <laughs> and Kobe. Kobe. Yeah, Kobe. Who you got and Kobe for football? Tail in. Five great players: football, Brady, Manning, all quarterback. Brady, Manning. You ain't got three more. 
and Dominic and Sue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but for for real though, uh, I mean, it's hard in football to why because it's such a team game. Because this is football. One player controls that game and control. I mean, can make that game. Am I right? Only controls one. If you got a quarterback, the quarterback's only on the field when he's on the field. Yeah. If you got a, if you got an offense on the other side of the field that's keeping that guy off the field, you neutralize him because he ain't on the field. He can't do nothing when he's when he's sitting on the sidelines. So you only got Brady and Manning. That's all I can think of. It's an old age set in, man. You start losing things. And you can't remember what you want to say. <laughs> it's the way it goes sometimes, man. You get my Jared off. Yeah. Yeah, Midget had like jokes on me. When we were, he came out a long time ago and Midget, we went out. So he had a little jokes on me because he said I wore a suit looking like, what did I say I look like? He, you remember, man? He might be for his time, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was right. Robin, Robin Harris. I remember Robin Harris. <laughs> He was looking like him. He had a three-piece suit on, man. I hadn't seen him in years. And we're going to hook up at this little spot. And I hear this dude say, hey, Midge, hey, Midge. And I look. He was looking good. He was a preacher. He had a, he had a three-piece suit on, man, with a pop. <laughs> he can't joke. He can't joke. I thought he was going to hands on Was me, it man. a green suit? What color was the suit? It was brown. Oh, man. It was brown, man. <laughs> Hey, but he was looking good though. I gotta get to him. He got, he got jokes, huh? He don't want me to kill her. He comes up in there, you know. He can barely move because his shirt's so tight. So he got waving me like this. Right. <laughs> the fitted shirt is in, he man. He gonna bust out like the Hulk. <laughs> Y'all are wild, man. <laughs> He was talking about me. You know what? We got to get love when we can get him. We used to go to the train table, man. We had to hurry up and eat. At the bunkhouse. At yeah. the bunkhouse. Yeah. We had to hurry up and eat before he got there, man. He started talking about you, man. Oh, that's great, you know. But he <laughs> get back to But anyway, y'all say, you know, y'all have superstars. Um, when, when you have a kid, you know, Always, when I was playing coming up in high school, I always thought I was the best. Well, a friend of mine told me, don't let nobody think you better than them. You ain't cocky, but you agree with that, Chris, Robert? Absolutely. I mean, I would say so. You, you, I think you have to approach every game with a kind of an air of confidence to you. You know what I mean? Like, like, like you feel like you're better than that person. You know what I mean? Part, the game is so much mental. You know what I mean? And I, I think you have to... You have to think that you are, you know, uh, maybe sometimes better than you are, but just in order to give yourself that drive and passion, I think you got to play with a certain swagger and confidence. That's not saying you cocky. <clears throat> just saying, you know, did you think that when you was coming? You, if you don't think you're the best, then why why would you be out there? Mm-hmm. I mean, really. Uh, I mean, it, that goes for everything. You playing dominoes <laughs> all the way up to football. <laughs> I mean, why would you even sit down at the table or why would you just <clears throat> get on the court if you didn't think you were the best. Because if you didn't, you wasn't. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way it is. So what we tell them kids is saying it's not cocky, but just going there and saying, you know, and that would that probably make you work harder, right? Because if you see somebody out there doing better, you got to do better because you want to be the best. Is that fair to say? I mean, I would say it's fair to say. I, the most important thing that I try to tell any kid is you have to put the time in. You know what I mean? If you put the time in, you know when it's time to get that last shot or make that last play. You know you prepare yourself to do so. So you have the confidence to go out there and do it. 
You know what I mean? So I think with with practice and, and with fine-tuning your skills, it's going to naturally come that confidence that you have and that you embody and that you project onto the court against your opponent. Rob? Hey, Chris, uh, you coach college athletics right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you you coaching some of the best players and athletes in the world. I mean, I think we forget about that when uh, – when we're talking about college players. Right. But these college players, no matter on what level you're playing in college, they're some of the best, talking about basketball, some of the best basketball players in the world. Sure. So when you are recruiting these guys or you're coaching them, how do you deal with, I mean, we're saying you really have to have an ego. Right. So how do you deal with <clears throat> coaching those egos? Sometimes you just got to smack some around. Sometimes you got to break them down. How do you do that? Well, before he answer that, Robert, let me go to a break. I didn't know we missed our break. But um, he, Robert, you come back with that question, and uh, we're going to come back and have Chris ask that what Robert asked him. So this is James Love with Robert Mitchell. just flew in, and then we got Chris. <laughs> All right, he going to talk about him here on Hawaii kicking it. So <laughs> we'll be right back with Loving That Sports Talk, and Mitchell got that shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> flagship station for sports voice america sports looking for a top show about horse racing and handicapping looking to play the ponies join us every week for winning ponies with ed meyer this show is the perfect complement to the winning ponies website where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys trainers agents and handicappers in the world of horse racing listen for top plays for the weekend in the spot play of the week and win prizes just for listening winning ponies with ed meyer is live thursdays at 5 p.m pacific 8 p.m eastern on the voice america sports network we some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific time, 6 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice. America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving. I got um, back to hosting the show. I got Chris McMillan from Hawaii. And Robert Midget coming in, uh, he did visit New York City, but he says he hurt from walking. He had places that hurt what what you know. Oh man, you're putting my business all out in the street. <laughs> <laughs> I should have known better. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but we're gonna talk later about that shirt, right, Chris Wendell? I'm not saying nothing about nobody's shirt. <laughs> but Robert, go you know, that was good though, man. So that was I like that one. You know I'm still keen about that suit though. 
That's all right. I get a friend a call from my friend Glover. He like, you wear the suit. You look like a priest. I go, oh, I'm gonna kill Robert. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> kill bitch. You know what? On air, I'm telling you right now. Go ahead. Glover called me and asked me what you had on. <laughs> I thought you looked good, man. You had a three piece suit on. Yeah, I was shot. I was shot. <laughs> no, no, he was. I had no pocket watch. I was sitting over there. He was looking good, man. And then Glover <laughs> called up and just started talking. Just getting on him. Yeah, so. That's the way it goes. And, and, and love. Things that I started on. <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's a little Spike Lee. You gotta blame somebody. He's a little Spike Lee. You know, a little troublemaker. <laughs> well, go ahead, Mitch. Finish that. that uh, long, uh, long question. Short. As a coach, we just said athletics on a college level. You're dealing with uh, egos. You're dealing with guys that think they're the best. Sure. As a coach, how do you rein that in? How do you give these guys to play as a team? You know, it's funny. You have to. You know, every ego's a little bit different, and you've got to stroke it a little bit different, and you've got to, you know, ease guys into certain roles, and you've got to have one-on-one meetings with them and let them know that there's certain things that have to be done in order for this team and this group to be successful. I think it's important that you corral those five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten egos and get all those guys. One, have individual meetings with This is what we do, individual meetings. Here's what we need. Here's what we expect. Here's the role we need you to play. And, and it's kind of a... Uh, a verbal agreement like are we on the same page and you get them to say yes and you, and you, and you constantly get them to buy in to doing the right things and they're going to backtrack they're, I mean, they're, they're 18, 19 year old kids and you just reel them back in you know what I mean and you, and you do that however many times it takes throughout the course of the season and when you start winning games and kids start seeing the big picture and they realize you know what the more games we win the better it is for all of us then you're building an actual program but what happens is a lot of times you'll get a guy that, that can't conform and he can't change. And whenever a guy becomes bigger than, whenever his problems become more better than his game is, you got to let him go. Um, so I think it's just, again, revisiting with the, the, the five, six, seven, eight, nine different players as much as you can, keeping guys on track. When they slide, you're reeling back in, you make them feel good about themselves, and, and you put that, the, the best five guys out there on the court and you just hope to win the games and hope that uh, it stays intact you know, for the long run. I got a question for you, Robert. Then I wanted you to think about because I got back on you. Were you. When you was at that age, like you were saying, 18, 19, were you ever frustrated, you know? And then if Robert was, what would you do as a coach to get him out? You know what I'm saying? Sure. So, what, what have you ever been, I mean, we all been frustrated. I mean, when, I mean, doing, I mean, maybe the game didn't go the way you wanted, or maybe, you know, what frustrated that age that where you were that young and you didn't know it? And then what can you tell him that? Sure. As a player, I was always frustrated with the lack of playing time. Okay. It wasn't the game went bad or uh, I got knocked off the ball. I knew what happened before. I mean, I knew what happened. So mm-hmm. I didn't have the, the the coaching, not the coaching. I, mean, I always needed coaching. But I didn't have an issue with knowing what went wrong in the game. Mm-hmm. I had an issue and frustrations with the the playing time. I think every player, you know, you played offense or defense. I was, I was you, you, play, you play football, right? Yeah, I was a linebacker. Linebacker. And you only played some of the series, not all the series. I mean, when you say lack of right. playing time. Yeah. You know I want to play all the time. Right, you want to play all the time. You know what? It, it, that's a conversation where you sometimes, you can always sense when the kid is frustrated, when something's not right, you know, when he just don't have his air to him or his swag to him or he's moping around. I think as a coach you have to, especially if it's a player you genuinely care about and you want to see succeed and you need him, 
I think it's a conversation. Hey, let, let's go grab some lunch. You know what I mean? Let, let, let me walk you to class. And you sit and you pick that, that, that kid's brain. And you say, hey, what's going on with you, man? And you let him vent. And on, on the flip side, you come back and you tell the kid, well, you can't play every down or every series or every minute because it's just not possible right now. But if it's something that you want to do, let's figure out how to get you on a plan to actually do it. Let's, let, let's watch more film. You know, let's do all the things that it takes to get you out in the field every single time instead of having you, when you are upset, moping around, it affecting more your play and the situation getting worse. But I think you ultimately you have to uh, massage that kid's ego. Let him know he's doing, you, you know, you're doing the right things. You know, but let's keep you on the right path because I care about you. The team cares about you and we need you. You know what I mean? So we can't have you get into a funk when you're not playing as many minutes as you want to play. It just can't happen that way because ultimately we can't be successful without you. You know, we only got three minutes, but I know you'll be in town, right? I will. So be. you'll be in the show. And what you're going to do, I'll have you call in. Cause I want to finish it. This is good. Yeah. But before we leave the show, I want, you know, I want to ask you, this, you guys this question. We definitely, you call in next week. I know you'll be in with me. Got Robert back. Because <laughs> um, I want to finish this. Because what you said that is good. Because I want to elaborate on that, too. I want to remind myself, why wouldn't you get enough playing time? That's why I want to say, but I want, you know, whether because somebody's better or, you know, but before you leave, you know, I always ask, you know, at the end, you know, what can you do to tell a kid out there something? I don't, it could be anything. I'm going to say what I always say. Stay in school. Uh, try your best at everything. Be the best that you can be at anything you do. And when I say anything, I mean anything. Uh, you're going to be the best person in this math class. You're going to be the best person playing dominoes. You be the best that you can be at whatever you're doing. And life will be just fine for you. Chris? Um, I would say just kind of you know piggyback off that. Just Just stay focused. You know, I mean, uh, a lot of kids have a, a vision and a dream. You know, if you're in athletics, chase that dream no matter what. You know, I mean, do whatever it takes every single day to get to where we want to be. And if, if your goal is, you know, to play in the NBA or in the NFL or whatever it may be, then go out there and do whatever it takes. But when, when it doesn't happen, because the percentages are very, very small, be prepared to have something to fall back on. Um, it's the most important thing. You can go on jobs online right now. A lot of good jobs and jobs require you to have a bachelor's degree. Get your degree. Do whatever it takes to make it happen. You know, and like I got to say, this is the greatest <clears throat> show. You know, we had great fun. But Robert will be back, and we'll finish this with you, Chris. You know, next week, too, you'll call in. I always got to wake you up. You'll be on the beach. <laughs> Last time I called, like, I'm on the beach. I forgot to, you know. <laughs> but um, i just like to thank you all for coming in. I mean, this is great, you know, being in here to get all the – word out to the kids and all like that thanks for having so us so thanks Rob yeah, Midget and Chris McMillan and um, it's another one James Loving hosting that show uh, loving that sports talk Midget got me all with the banana <laughs> tail fight <laughs> 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 well thanks Chris we gotta kill you maybe you'll be 12 years old when you come back hey you never know what can happen man we'll, we'll see what happens we'll be back next week alright <laughs> That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. 